saying all the encouraging words. Thank you, Pastor Jeannie and Paul Benji. You're incredible in your whole family. Thank you for inviting us and making us feel so at home. And I feel like we've known you for years. I was saying in the first service, we moved back from Australia and we had three churches that had been lifelong friends that we've connected with. Um, and I feel like this is our fourth, that are that lifelong friends that are gonna be like a home church for us, somewhere that we come, we might come to give, but we leave always feeling refreshed and encouraged and part of the family. So thank you. You've got incredible preachers. You've got women that can get up and encourage. You've got an incredible worship team. There's different people up here all the time. You've got boys, men that can sing phenomenally. phenomenally. You guys are brilliant. Love your voice and harmonies. And so you're all incredible. You actually are. Keep expecting church to get better and better every time you come. And if you are visiting with us today, a huge welcome to you. And, and I believe I was praying this morning that this will be a message just for you, whether you've been coming to church for many years or it's your first time. The title of my message is, There's a Miracle in Your House. Miracles take many different shapes or form. It's just a situation in life where you need divine intervention. And God is a God of miracles, not just way back then, but for now, here and now. So I always... When I bring the Word, have the privilege to bring this Word, I pray that it would be something that would go direct from God's heart through my heart to your heart. So can you put your hand on your heart and just prepare? The Bible talks about receiving His Word and mixing it with faith in our hearts. So let's just prepare our hearts, Lord Jesus, from the youngest to the oldest, whether we're new to faith, whether we've served You for many years, I pray, God, that You would open our ears, open the eyes of our heart, that we may see You, that we may understand You, we may see the future that You have for us. God, You would heal those areas that need to be healed. You would restore those areas that need to be restored. You would stir up fresh hope and fresh dreams and expectation for miracles in our lives, in our homes, in our people that we love. And in this amazing Icon Church. And pray there also in Sheffield and Derby, that you would be right there in those rooms, in those homes, and you would speak to every person from the youngest to the oldest. We would leave change today in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take your seats, wonderful people. Thank you again, worship team. Have you ever felt like you needed a miracle? Have you ever felt like everyone else gets the miracles? You don't. Actually, before I move on, I wanna quickly show you a picture of my family. I kept forgetting to do this over the weekend. So I'm Rachel, I'm married to Steve. We met at a youth camp when I was 12 and he was 13. We've um, grown up here in England, but we spent 15 years of our lives over in Australia, um, working in Hillsong Church. And up there, that was in Disneyland Paris earlier this year. My daughter, Melody, on your right is 19. She leads worship in Hillsong in Brisbane and she's studying um, there doing Bible college. It was very hard leaving her there. Um, but we are believing God for her next steps. And uh, she does love England and she loves her family, but we are continually believing God's best for her. My daughter, Mercy, who's 14, and she was uh, here with us last time. And hopefully next time, I think it's half term. So she'll be able to be with us because she's getting to know some of you also. Um, but there's something about... Believing God, we've, we've found many miracles in our family, our extended family. My granddad pioneered the church that we are now based at uh, 55 plus years ago. 
He had incredible miracles. My dad has had incredible miracles. Many, as we've pastored for many years, we've seen miracles. But sometimes it can feel like, you know, a bit like a favour thing. When you ask a friend for a favour and you thought, I can't keep asking, I can't keep asking. Feel a bit like that sometimes with miracles, like God's favour and God's, we can't keep asking, it's gonna run out. And the Bible said His favour lasts for a lifetime. And He is a God that wants to give good things to His children because that's how He shows His power. And for some of you, a miracle might be that uh, that person you've had your eye on for a little while in church is gonna come and talk to you today. Oh, I just saw someone nudge. Oh. <laughs> or, or, or are they gonna ask you out on a date? That would be a miracle. Some of you, it might be um, your husband would bring you coffee every morning in bed and, or, and, and that already happens, doesn't it, Jeannie? Your husband bring you breakfast in bed or coffee in bed. Or... For some of you, it might mean that, you, mean that your teenage son or daughter cleans their room. That would be your miracle. Seriously though, yeah, there's lots of nods to that. There, there are specific things that we're needing divine intervention for. Some of you are believing for huge things. Financial, family, diagnoses. Some of you, it's depression, anxiety. For some of you, it's relationship. For some of you, it's it's something smaller. Whatever it is, I found that miracles are lots of things that happen along the way and that it often starts with us. As Jesus said, When he went to heaven, before he went to heaven, he said these words in the Gospel of John, which is actually a book all about miracles. But the reason for those miracles was to point people to Jesus because they didn't yet know he was the Son of God. 2,000 years later, I believe, and I have seen it to be true, that God wants to see miracles in our churches and in our daily lives that point people to Jesus. He doesn't want us to talk about it only, but to actually see it happening in our lives. The little things, the big things. Because what we said before, and when, when Paul prayed earlier, what's important to you is important to God. And it really, really is. And so Jesus said these words in John 14, verse 12. It says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, he will do the same mighty miracles that I do. That's a bit crazy to do the same miracles that Jesus did. But that's not all. He said, even greater miracles than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Timeless, it means they don't run out. It means there, He is the same God yesterday, today and forever. And for you individually, there's gonna be a miracle. There is a miracle. And I've got faith to believe every single one of you can experience a miracle this morning and this coming week. We only need a small amount of faith, the Bible says, like a mustard seed. And I wanna bring a message that's actually gonna increase and build your faith and your sense of expectation this morning. The miracles that Jesus did, you can do greater with His power. You know, there's times though when you feel like, oh, doesn't, Rachel, you don't know my situation. And we have those, those times in our lives, like me this week, I, had, I have a, a back problem that's um, bulging discs and occasionally it will flare up again. And I had a problem in this last week where it stirred up. I was in so much pain, I could hardly walk. And I was due to go in, uh, to a, a colour conference, in, a women's conference in, in Kiev 
And I had to cancel my flight. I'd gone to the doctors and she said, look, it's not wise that you, that you fly. You're going to have to lie flat and rest and gave me some strong painkillers. And, and I was listening to my husband's advice, canceled the flight. I remember getting home, I had a shower, got, just leaned across the sink and looked at myself in the mirror in my tear-stained face. I'd just been crying because I felt so sorry for myself. And I'd actually been speaking a couple of days previously about miracles in church and about dreams and destiny being fulfilled. And I felt like that little voice, you know, those voices, sometimes it's the enemy, sometimes it's ourselves saying, oh, you're the right one to be preaching on miracles. You need one yourself. And, and you're never going to fulfill your destiny and dream. Your dream is to, to preach more and to travel. And you're not going to get to do that. You can't do that with this back. And for a moment, I, I reached those depths of, oh, have I got what it takes? Have you ever said, have I got what it takes to be a dad? Have I got what it takes to be a mum? Have I got what it takes to be a pastor, a leader? Got what it takes to do whatever you're doing and called to do in life? I had to remind myself at that moment, because it's okay to get to that moment, but it's not okay to stay there, hey. And I had seven friends that contacted me that day because they knew I had to cancel my flight. We need to be around people that can encourage us and speak into our lives. And even if you seem like you're a positive person and you're outgoing all the time, you, there's times you need to be vulnerable because us British people are not good at being vulnerable. We're not so good at being real and telling when people say, are you okay? Yeah, fine. And we put on a, sm- a smile, we stick our lippy on. I'm, I'm the worst at it actually. And, and sometimes I'll, I'll just keep going, but if we've got to be honest at those times and we can have friends that will speak into our lives and encourage us. And also at that, the rest of that day, I was lying flat on my bed and my Mercy came home from school. She's 14. And she reminded me of a time a few months previously where she was lying in bed with a high temperature and flu. We'd moved back from Australia to England. We were staying at my parents' house at the time. And she was burning up with a fever. We tried the Panadol and we tried all of the, the paracetamol to try and get the fever down. It was still burning. I was just had a flannel on her head and was getting a drink plenty. I was due to preach the next day and we're just feeling a bit stressed out with it all. And so I prayed for her again and she'd been crying. She was missing her older sister in Australia. And, and I said, Merce, let's just see what the Bible says. Because she had a Bible that she was sitting beside her bed that we encourage her to read at night. And and uh, she was reading the Passion Paraphrase of the Bible, which is beautiful, and, and a, a book that she'd been given when she was at a, a colour conference earlier that year. And so she folded over the page where she was up to. And I said, let's see what the reading is for today. Um, and at the top of it, it said, what was the title of it? I'm trying to remember the title. It said, I need you, Lord. That's it. Do you know that sometimes a psalm can have a title at the top? It said, I need you, Lord. And I said, it says, I need you, Lord. She goes, yeah, I do need him. And I said, listen to this. And this is what the, oh gosh, where am I? This is what it said. I've skipped across to my story that's coming at the end. When they are sick, God will restore them. This is Psalm 41 verse 3, TV people. Sorry for skipping to my end last Scripture or almost last Scripture. When they are sick, God will restore them. Lying on their bed of suffering, He will raise them up again and restore them back to health. And she turned over to me and she says, Mum, you're making that up and smiled. And I said, I'm not, this is the Scripture for today. And I read it and it says, Lord, be my kind healer. Heal my body and soul. Heal me, God. 
And at that moment, she turned over and she, because she'd heard that God speaks to us through His Word, but God was speaking to her at this time. And so she said, Mum, read it again. And I read it again. And she said, I'm feeling better. And she sat up in bed. And I was, I was telling the earlier service, I, I was in the middle of dyeing my hair, my roots. Some of us older girls have that thing. We've got to dye our roots from time to time. And so I had to go and wash it out. And so I said, I just popped back downstairs. By the time I came back up, it was 20 minutes or so later, she was completely well. Like I took her temperature, her temperature had gone. She was sat up in bed. She, she got an, uh, her phone out and she was playing a worship song, The Atmosphere is Changing Now. She said, Mom, the atmosphere changed in the room. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. A miracle can happen here. And she said, God has healed me. He's my kind healer. Do you know that? She actually came to church all day the next day and I was able to preach on miracles. And she said, Mama, are you gonna tell my story? So I told her story. But you know what? That helped me at that moment last Wednesday when I was in pain and mercy reminded me. You see, sometimes we need a catalyst to remind us that God has done it before and He can do it again. Okay, I'm gonna skip back to my message now. Right, so we are looking at John chapter two. And I love that the very first miracle that Jesus did was in a house. So there's a miracle in your house, the practicalities of your life. And I love it even more because the very first miracle was a wedding where something had ran out. Have you ever found your human resource running a bit low? You're exhausted, you've got no energy. You've got, have you found your financial resource getting a bit low? We all get to that place. I got to that place last week where I felt a bit empty on the inside. I, I, was, I, was, I was running out. In fact, a mentor of mine, um, Steve and I, we were talking to him last week and I was lying on my back for three days. And he said, Rachel, did you just stop and allow him to replenish your soul and your emotions again? Did you, were you just still? I said, no, I actually wasn't. I wrote two messages. I read a book. I, I, I did my email, emptied my email inbox on my phone while I was lying back. And I was reminded sometimes we need to be still and know that he is God and just allow his presence to fill our emotional tank again, to give us the strength to keep believing Keep believing for a miracle. And so this is a moment in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' very first miracle is in a house and it's at a wedding. His mum and his brothers were invited to a wedding and it was probably a family wedding. And back then, Jewish weddings often lasted a few days. It was a big deal because the whole village would come. So they need massive amount of food and massive amount of water, massive amount of wine and... Uh, what happened as they were getting into this wedding that on the second or third day, they ran out of wine. Now for us, you think, oh, we'll just pop down and get some more. They ran out. It was a social embarrassment for a Jewish family to run out in the middle of a wedding because it showed if they would have a family member to go to or somebody that, that could, could help. It was a very expensive time. And so it brought great shame and social embarrassment on a family. Mary knew this because the mother of Jesus found out about this situation and she took it to Jesus. She was probably widowed at the time and couldn't go to her husband, couldn't go to someone for help, but she went to her son that she knew not only as her son, but the son of God. She said, Jesus, they've ran out of wine. 
So God is interested in the practicalities and the important moments in your daily life. Whether it's your wedding, whether it's your child, whether it's moving house, whether it's your new car, whether it's your new business venture, whatever it is for you, He's interested in those practicalities. And then Mary turns to the servants who were flapping around, what shall we do? Saying, whatever He says to you, do it. In John chapter 2, verse Five, whatever He says to you, do it. Mary's words were the catalyst for this miracle. Then the servants go about, say, okay, what are we gonna do? And Jesus said, fill these massive stone water pots that were used for ceremonial, traditional Jewish washings. Fill these stone water pots. These were massive water pots. They held 20 to 30 gallons at 120 litres. See, God doesn't just do enough. I thought like one of those massive big things would be enough for a finisher wedding. He got them to fill six of those with water. Now the servants must have thought, what the heck? But they were facilitators of this miracle. So they would have had to go to a local well because there were not taps and going backwards to fill these big things, backwards and forwards with buckets a lot of times, backwards and forwards. Sometimes we need to be a catalyst and we need to say whatever He says to you, do it. And some of you need to do something this morning. Sometimes we need to be facilitators of a miracle for our own lives or maybe for someone else's life. And it might mean a mundane backwards and forwards. God, what are you doing? Backwards and forwards. What's actually going on here? Backwards and forwards. Something as simple as going to a well. Backwards and forwards. Backwards and forwards. And some of you know the story. But incredibly, they took out a cup of what was water, what was ordinary, had become the purest, most quality wine. And they take it to the master of ceremonies, John 2 verse eight, the master of the banquet tasted the water that had become wine. He didn't know where it had come from. The servants who had drawn the water, they're the only ones that knew. He called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you saved the best till now. God has wanting to save for you the best till now because He's not a make-do God. Sometimes we make-do in our culture. We're like, oh, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. I'm, I'm not expecting anything too grand. Actually, expect better. Expect greatness. He can actually do more than you can ask, Ephesians 3.20, more than you can ask, think or imagine. You've got to think and lift your level of expectation. He saved the best till last. Some of you have asked a lot before. He saved the best till last. He saved the best to last in Sheffield, in Derby. He saved the best to last for your individual family situation. Keep believing for more. He's generous. He's extravagant. He's life-giving. And I love that what was the most natural substance on earth became supernatural. I love that something as basic as these ceremonial washing jars were a facilitator for a miracle. Sometimes God can use your old ways of thinking your old tradition, your old ritual. So He wants to turn that into something new and something fresh and change your doubts and change your expectations and change your thoughts about miracles. And what you've, you've, you've interpreted in the past, He wants to turn that into something new and give some new wine. So when your natural resources fail, when it even looks like your family situation is embarrassing you and 
threatening to bring shame into your life. Look to Jesus. Listen to him. Step out and do it. Allow him to turn your ordinary into extraordinary. And maybe today, I'm believing today, there can be a miracle that starts in your house. So the miracle starts with you. And what was so incredible is in John 2, 11, the, the outcome of that miracle is His disciples believed because they didn't know He was the Son of God then. After that, He believed and many, many more believed in Him because, and I believe this morning that because of the miracles that you receive in the days ahead, many, many are gonna come to Icon Church because they see those praise prayer requests turning into praise reports because they are believe their expectation, they're lifting their level of expectation. Because life, our culture is not thinking up there. But we are kingdom culture. Yes, we're British, but we're thinking bigger because we know a God that is bigger. He was faithful to His Word and faithful to His promise. And it's a timeless truth. And it wasn't just for back then, it's for now. It's for here and now. So believe it, Icon Church, believe for some miracles in your lives that is actually gonna cause more and more people to want, I wanna know what's going on there. Miracles give birth to belief. They reveal His glory. And His goodness. Do you want to see more of His glory and His goodness in your life? So the miracle in your house actually starts with you. No pressure, but it starts with us. Number one, just do it. This is a takeaway for you. Just do it. Have you heard that before? Just do it. He's got some Nikes on. I wore my Nikes this morning. Just do it. You might have your Primark shoes. You might have your Dunlops. You might have your Tesco's. Every time you put your shoes on, Nike means victory. Every time you put your shoes on, think I'm stepping out in victory. Because greater is he that's in me than he's in in the world. Some of you need to step out and just do something. You need to step out and write that email. You need to step out and speak to someone. You need to call someone this afternoon, a friendship that's gone a bit weird or or a family member and, 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 and set in motion something that God can then do the rest. Some of you need to book that trip, that mission. Some of you need to write that book. Some of you need to apply for that job. Some of you need to talk to someone. Yeah, I want to get involved in this church. I want to lead a small group. I want to, I want to, I want to serve. And it, that step can actually be a catalyst to your miracle. For some of you, it might be the, your just do is you're changing your thinking, your doubts about miracles. And you're lifting your level of expectation. That can be your just do it. Because you can do more than you think you can do. You can be more than you think you can be. You can give more than you think you can give. You can actually have more than you think you can have. We sometimes have a limited perspective of what's in our house. Mary used those words that were a catalyst, whatever he says to you, do it. The servants were facilitators of what was in their house. I remember back about a year and a half ago, God spoke to us very clearly as a family or to me initially about moving back from Brisbane, Hillsong Brisbane in Australia to our homeland, back to England. Yay, promised land. But at the time, Isaiah 43, I read the scripture and it said the sons and daughters from the ends of the earth about returning home. And I really felt that was for us because I write down what I, I feel God is speaking every day from the Bible and I wrote it down but I didn't actually dare write it down. I wrote the scripture reference, that was it, because it was too scary. 
Like I've got kids that have grown up in there. I've, we were blessed with an amazing house. We were both on staff full time. Like we were comfortable. We were living the dream. In Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast. It didn't seem like a natural, I didn't have a job to go to. And so I said, God, you've got to confirm your word. And then the next day we were sat in a staff meeting and, and I was like, God, speak. Please, please confirm your word. And someone was preaching that morning and she was talking on change. And John chapter 14 in the last verse, she read this particular verse in the message. It says, get up, let's go. It's time to leave here. Like, okay, God, I heard you. And, I, and I, I kind of glanced across at my husband who was sitting beside me and we both knew something had changed, but I needed another sign. How many, how many, you know, you know, God's speaking to you and you want another sign? Like I need about 10 million often. And that was a big decision. And some of you are at crossroads in your life. Some of you are in transition. We're always in transition. And sometimes miracles need to be set in place then. And so what I did the next day, I, I, I often feel like books speak to me at a time. Like this book speaks to me all the time. But sometimes there's a book for a season in your life. And some of these books had really helped me. And I wanted to sew them into some of my friends at Sisterhood, which happened every Thursday morning. And I ran this for a few years there and we had about 300 girls that morning and, and we'd put all the books out, a bit like we had this weekend when we had um, you know, some resource and one of the girls had got hold of one of these books and it was a Joyce Meyer book about do, stepping out and, and stirring you up to be the confident woman that you're called to be that I'd read probably about four years ago. She said, Rach, um, you've left a card in here and it was a card addressed to me and it had 20 pounds in it. And I'm standing in the foyer and I opened this card and it was from a lady that had been in our church in England back 15 years ago. She'd become a Christian through something that I was leading there and she'd had a horrendous background and God had done miracles in her life. And she'd written this card to say thank you for helping me see miracles happen in my life. And she put at the end, I've been praying And I've been believing and hoping that one day God would bring you back to England, back to Norwich. And she put home in capitals. And in there is 20 pounds. You see, that's Isaiah 43 talks about new roads and new rivers. Like God is going to give you the new road, but the river is going to be what it comes alongside and helps you to finance that. The resource. You know, when you feel like you're empty, He's going to bring the resource to come alongside. Because that was my big question. What the heck are we going to do? Well, I'm leaving a secure job here. The fin- But also, this woman had since passed away, actually four years ago. And I'd probably been reading that book and popped the card in there and forgot all about it. But God knew it'd been sitting in my home and I brought it out at the right time. And I was able, that was a catalyst for me to set in motion some miracles, talking to my husband, talking to my boss, talking to for miracles in my girls, miracles in finance, miracles in selling our house there, miracle in a new home that we have here, miracles and open doors, meeting people like your incredible pastors, because something small, sometimes you've just got to step out and do it. And God can set in motion so much more. Number two, just be it. Just be it. Just be what? Just be a catalyst. Just be a vessel. Just be like those stone pots. You might feel very ordinary. Like Rach, you don't know how ordinary my life is. 
He can turn your ordinary to extraordinary. And sometimes answering your prayer, your faith is more about what you give to God rather than what you want God to give you. What you give to God is your ordinary, your everyday life. Someone spoke that. Was it you, Lucy? And, on, and from Romans chapter 12, one over the conference, just give, give him your ordinary everyday life and he can turn it into something incredible. So just be it. What I want you to do to remember this point, so just do it every time you put your shoes on, just be it every time you look in the mirror. How many of you look in the mirror a little bit? Some of us look in the mirror a bit more than others. Just be it. I looked in the mirror last Wednesday, my tear-stained face, looking painful. I had to remind myself, come on, Rach, you can do this. Sometimes we question whether we can be the vessel, be the catalyst, be the mum, be the dad, be the, the, the business owner, be the whatever, the student, be the person you've got, you've got what it takes. I love 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. It says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Because we don't have what it takes. We can cheer ourselves up and pump ourselves up and encourage each other up. But at the end of the day, it's Him in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, it says in Colossians 2. It's, it's the vessel that we need to be. And so focus not on the treasure you don't have, but focus on the treasure you do have. Yes, we are just earthen vessels, but He lives in us. He's the one that can speak through us, live through us. And I remember when we just moved to Hillsong 15 years ago, we were students at Bible College and we we're staying with a family and it was becoming a bit cramped. And I was saying, Steve, we need a home. We need to, at that point, we were just able to rent and there was nothing available. And I had a bit of a list. I wanted four bedrooms so people could come and stay with us because I wanted everyone to come from visit from England. I wanted a pool because it's so hot there. I wanted aircon. I wanted, does any of you ever have lists, things that you would love? And I wanted a, 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 a park nearby for my little Melody who was two to play in. I wanted some shops nearby. I wanted to be close to church. He said, we're not gonna be able to do the pool thing. We're not, Rach, just. But at that season, we really felt that it was, a, it was a heart for the house season, which is when you bring your offering to God and you sow. And we felt like we needed to be vessels. So remember that weekend we gave sacrificially, even though we needed the money to be able to get a home. And I was in a choir rehearsal on this particular Sunday afternoon. I was singing in the choir and I turned around to a lady that was just behind me and I could see there was some hurt in her eyes. And in between while waiting around, I just spoke a bit of a word of encouragement to her. And it was actually a situation where her marriage wasn't doing great and it lifted her and it encouraged her and it helped her. And the end of that conversation, it turned out she was a landowner. Her and her husband needed someone to go into a new uh, rental that particular week. This rental was five minutes down the road from church. It had a park, it had aircon, it had a swimming pool, it had four bedrooms. It was exactly what we needed to move into. And that's because we decided we wanted to be vessels. So first of all, just do it. Every time you put your shoes on, every time you look in that mirror and doubt it, just be it. Just be the vessel. 
The real test of faith, as I said, is not always praying for what you don't have, but your willingness to give God what you do have. Number three, if the team can come up, just believe it. Just believe it. Before followers of Jesus were called Christians, they were called believers. And this day and age, can we really be called believers? That we really, really, really believe that He can save the best to last. That He can do more than you can ask or think. In John 2, 11, the Scripture that I read earlier in the Amplified, it says, His disciples believed confidently in Him. They adhered to, trusted in and relied on Him. I love that. Believe is to cling to, trust in, rely upon. Cling to, trust in, rely upon. That's all you have to do to believe is cling to Him, trust in Him, rely upon Him. Every time I, I worry about my daughter overseas and is she gonna be there forever? And I'm not, or is she gonna go down this path or that path? I gotta say, God, I trust You. God, I trust You. When, when my, my back actually is, I believe God is touching it and I'm in the process of a miracle. And I wonder whether to bring this message because of those, those doubts. But this weekend, I've been on this platform and preach and my, my, I have no pain in my back right now. And I'm believing God for completion of that miracle. But there's times like last Wednesday when I was crying, I wasn't trusting to, clinging to, believing in. I wasn't clinging to, trusting Him and adhering to Him and sticking close to Him. But we need to just encourage each other, remind each other to just keep believing, keep clinging. Keep confidently leaning on and relying on Him. Greater works, greater miracles than these shall you do. Sometimes the greatest enemy to our belief in our miracle is not the devil, it's not other people, it's our own thinking. Recognise what He started. Whether your miracle starts with an emergency or just a longing, whether it starts with a basic need or a desire, Psalm 37, it says, delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. He actually wants to give us those desires. The promises of God are packed out in Scripture. The 7,000 promises of God. When you believe in something, get hold of a promise of God in here. There's so many I've stood on. That my God will supply all my need according to His riches and glory. That if I delight in Him, He will give me the desires of my heart. There are so many Scriptures for my family, Scriptures for our finance, Scriptures for my health and healing. And it actually says in 2 Corinthians 1.19, it says, Jesus Christ, the Son of God is the one I've preached to you. 2 Corinthians 1.19 in the Passion. It has never been both a yes and a no. He has always been and always will be for us a resounding yes. God is saying yes to you, Icon Church. For all God's promises find their yes of fulfilment in Him. When it's according to this Word and it's His yes combined with our Amen that ascend to God and give Him glory. So His yes, when we ask God for a miracle and base it on this Word, He's already saying yes. It's often a case of timing. And it's our Amen that says, yes, let it be according to Your Word. Yes, I'm just gonna do it. Yes, I'm just gonna be it. Yes, I'm just gonna believe it. When His yes and our Amen come together, the problem is there's lots of yeses and words in here, but we get drawn aside by the, 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 the stresses of life and disappointments that we forget to keep saying Amen.
Let it be to me according to your word. Keep just doing it. Keep just being the miracle. Keep just believing. He's able to do more for you. Just in these closing moments, I was reminded this week and I shared in the first service. Four years ago, my dad was lying in bed thinking he was dying in the Norfolk and Norwich Hospital. He got an infection that went from a tooth to his spine. So much so that it spread through his entire body because they took weeks to diagnose it. And they were IV antibiotics and nothing was working. He thought he was gonna die. And even a pastor that's led church for many years, at that moment he didn't have the faith because he got into such a dark place. Some of you have been in a dark place. And at that moment, my mum gave him the phone and got the whole church to pray. And that Sunday morning, church gathered around that phone and the church community together prayed with faith and a miracle for my dad. My friend Louise at that time had sent him a song about dry bones living again. She was a worship leader for many years, still is. It gave him hope, it gave him life. He was playing this in his room, but right then also he saw faith-filled people, friends that he'd sown into all of these years, believing from him, for him, and right then a miracle happened. And he had a turnaround then. He came out of hospital, had an all clear MRI. He's now four years, he then a few weeks later, um, handed on the church to John Norman, who now pastors Soul Church. That was a catalyst, that miracle. My dad was a catalyst for a church that is now getting regularly over, over 1,200 people every weekend, seeing many, many souls saved, many, many, many miracles. He's living his dream. He's healthy, he's strong, he's 74, he's loving church. He's loving every, he goes off and travels here, there and everywhere with my mum. He's living his dream because a catalyst, a miracle that took place. God wants to do so much more for you, He's able. Can I get you all to stand? And we're gonna sing this song about a miracle happening. A miracle can happen right here, right now for you. I've got faith to believe whatever you are believing God for. Some of you need to step out and do something. Some of you need to be that catalyst, the vessel. Some of you need to step up that belief a little bit more. If you need a miracle for your body and you need this pain in your body, can you put your hand on where you need that miracle right now? Because I still need completion of this. I wanna have an MRI one day that shows me those disc bulges are gone. Keep believing. We can get so used to things. I'd got a bit used to this. And Debbie preached a message this weekend that encouraged us to keep declaring in faith. Because sometimes we don't declare it, declare it in case it doesn't happen. Or in case people think, oh, she prayed for that and it didn't happen. Like we've got to get out there and pray and believe and speak it out. Don't worry what anybody thinks. Put your hand on that area that needs a miracle. Some of you, you need miracle internally. There's been hurts and disappointments. So if you need an internal miracle, put your hand on your heart. If you're praying for a loved one that is not here and you're with someone that knows that person, maybe just join hands with them. And it's gonna be a point of faith right now, a point of contact. And if you feel comfortable, as we sing, start to raise your hand. 
raise your hands and believe God for a miracle. Come on team, let's declare and sing faith into this atmosphere in Jesus' Name.